Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Our show is powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. And guess what? We have another really good one, like maybe the best one ever, because today I have a new best friend of the show. And if you continue to to visit the show, if you are a regular subscriber, you're probably thinking I've heard him say this before. But guess what? I was just kidding all the other times. This is the one. Folks, I am so ready for this show. And, and, if you, and if you're new to our show, then you don't already know. So let me let you in on the secret here. So professional growth, personal development, it's what this show is all about. Uh, we want to bring to you things like leadership and effective communication. Um, we want to make sure that you know how to live your, your best life. And, and today, today we have somebody that can do that from real world experience, from education, from certification, uh, a new best friend today that I'm so excited to introduce you to. We do start, uh, start every show the exact same way. So we'll do that this time as well, right before we introduce our guest. And we just open every show in prayer. So we'll do it here as well. So Lord, we just ask that you bless the show, bless our guest, our sponsors, the folks listening, just every aspect of the show and let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, friends, guess what? Today, uh, we have a, a wonderful person. Her name is Angela Marshall, and she is a public speaker. She's a professional writer, a columnist. She's a best-selling author, a creative consultant, ex-NFL wife, and a business owner of In Other Words by Stone. I almost had to take a breath in between all of that because it's so many accomplishments. Angela, thank you for being on the show today. Titus, it is such an honor, and thank you and your viewers and listeners for having me on this amazing show. I had an opportunity to listen to your guests, and I must admit, I was a little intimidated, like, hmm, what can I possibly teach them or, or have to say that has not already been said? Yeah. So thank you so much. I'm excited. Well, we're excited to have you and thank you for those kind words. I'll tell you that one of the things that's so beautiful about life is I, I came to this conclusion, Angela, that uh, sometimes in life we get information and sometimes in life we get confirmation, right? And so when I check a movie out the fourth and fifth time, I always catch stuff I missed the first and second time. I know you have something fresh and new, but I am excited of the way that you will deliver some, uh, some, some information we probably have heard before, but, but this is the right time to hear it. Because where we are today is, is, is in a different place than when we maybe first heard it. Tell us a little bit, Angela, about your journey. Um, kind of unpack who you are for the, the one or two people in there that don't already know the name Angela Marshall. Tell them who you are, where you came from, and, and how we got to be blessed to have you on our show today. Absolutely. Again, thank you. Such an honor to be able to converse and connect with you. As you mentioned, I am Angela Marshall. I am a native of Augusta, Georgia, home of the yeah. masters. <laughs> and basically I got to where I am on one through one path. And that is, I was so sick and tired of other people looking at my life and thinking that my journey was so easy because I was a former NFL wife. 
You know, sometimes in that particular lifestyle, people think that you have no issues, no problems, no aspirations, so to speak, when you're a wife, that is. Like you just, you know, want to just be in the shadow of your husband, your mate, your spouse, uh, or that professional, that uh, professional celebrity at that time. And that wasn't the case for me. So, you know, fast forward to after that lifestyle. And then he and I actually, we've been divorced now for almost 22 years. And I just decided, you know, I have a story to tell and I actually have tips and tools where I can help people. Number one, live vicariously through themselves. That is so huge because we're taught subliminally and societal wise to live vicariously through others. Mm. So one of my platforms is the story in life of an ex-NFL wife where I actually teach people how to do that, to live vicariously through yourself. And then the second one, because that's a personal um, platform, the professional platform, it just teaches people about the three ends, niche, networking and net worth and how to up each one of those and why they're important. So that's how I got to be on your incredible show. (laughs) I saw uh, an opportunity to link arms with you. And I'm just so grateful that you felt that I was a worthy guest. (laughs) Man, we are trying to keep up and be worthy enough to have you here. Um, You said niche networking and net worth. I really like that. Um, I love when people make stuff simple, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've gone to so many conferences and listened to so many shows where the person bloviates, I mean, talks <laughs> and and you know, it is it's like how many times they can try to talk over my head and they're keeping score, right? I love how you, how how you made this really easy and I love the vicariously through yourself. What a wonderful play on the role and position as uh, as a celebrity spouse that one might think you might live vicariously through that person. So I want to unpack both of those. Um, Tell me a little bit more about how you're helping people with niche networking and net worth, because those are three really big words. And I think they are massively important. I want to hear what you, uh, what you mean by that. Absolutely. The three ends and why they're so critical and crucial from an entrepreneurial standpoint, or even just if whatever you decide to be in business or your profession, one, whatever your niche is, you have to improve it. You have to refine it. It's not like Kobe Bryant or some of the other greats became who they are by just dribbling a ball once or twice or playing in a couple of games. It's like an ongoing, never ending ability to learn and to make sure that whatever your craft is, that you are on the top of your game. Now, that means availing yourself to others that are doing what you're doing. And then also what I found in growing my network, which which is what I'll talk about next, is sometimes even people who are not in your immediate arena, as far as what you do, they can provide so much uh, constructive feedback to Mm, help you to get better and to do better. So niche is very, very crucial. Um, you know, refining it and improving it is so crucial because a lot of people think, oh, well, I can write one book or I can read this and that and, you know, become some sort of expert or guru. No, I believe as long as you have breath and life in you, whatever it is that you want to put out into this world or whatever you want to do personally or professionally, you have to be willing to grow and just yeah. attain knowledge and apply that knowledge. So niche is just what it says. Improve and refine it constantly and consistently. Yeah. How do you? Well, hold on. I, I just I because I, I know that someone's listening and that was so well said, I think. But what if someone's sitting here going, I don't have a niche. I, there's not an area. 
There's not an area of expertise. I'm not a subject matter expert on nothing. Like, you know, these people exist. They're listening right now and they're just going, I'm just not the best at it. I'm like, I'm the average, uh, you know, what they call that, the cellophane man, right? I just kind of fall <laughs> into the background. Nobody sees me. If, if, what if someone's thinking right now, I, I just, I don't have a thing where it's my thing. Well, actually, everybody has a thing. Everybody yeah. has a light. Everybody mm. has a purpose. We just don't always necessarily tap into it either for fear or maybe, you know, the environment that you're in has not really fostered that for you to just really say, OK, here's what I need to do to do X, Y, Z to figure out what is my calling or what is my purpose in life? I will say mm. this, me becoming a writer and a speaker. Two things had to happen for that. People along the way invested seeds. They planted seeds in me. Now, were there other seeds or, you know, or weeds that were sprouting up from different things that have been said um, negatively? Absolutely. You know, I'm with yeah. Chris Rock. I think a little bit of bullying and a little bit of negativity and haters is good because it helps yeah, you yeah. become who you are. But the niche aspect of it, as far as being able to speak and tell my story, I used to stutter when I was younger. I was shy when I was younger, didn't want to get up in front of people. And now it's, you know, something that I enjoy because I see the benefit from it. So if if you don't know what your niche is, whatever you do that makes you happy and it makes other people happy. And the number one bullet point, it adds value to somebody's life. That's your niche. And to just kind of piggyback on what you said earlier about, you know, what if I'm just a fallback or behind the scenes guy? That's your niche, too helping mm. propel other people. Now, there's times when I may not be the keynote speaker or I, or I may not be, you know, the, the brightest bell in, in the room at that particular time. But what I do is whoever that is, I'm in service to them and mm. I help them. I help things go real seamlessly, either for their event, their forum or whatever. But it's always being in service. So I think everybody has That's everybody good. has a niche. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. I jumped all over you trying to talk about networking, but I'm so glad I did that because that was good. Okay. So niche, uh, you know, I, I that's nailed. I got, I got a page of notes. It Listen, here's why I, I love podcasts, like hit the pause button, right? Just re rewind, man. Write this down. Uh, don't be listening to this just because you're driving, trying to fill space. This is noteworthy stuff. Tell me about the networking part. Network equally as important. I don't know how many times we hear the uh, the word self-made, self-made, self-made. Eh, kind of have to bat my, you know, or turn my, my head at people that are always pushing that to the forefront, forefront, because I really believe that in order for you to achieve success in any area, whether it's becoming a good father or becoming a, a good attorney, whatever it is that you want to do in life. You do it because you have good a good support system or you just have linked arms with people that are doing what you want to do. And they're able to guide you from the pitfalls and then also, you know, give you tips and tools to help you understand why you're doing what you're doing and then how you can do it better. Networking is so crucial. Joining organizations, clubs, um, you know, anything that where there are a group of like-minded people who have good goals and objectives in mind, which is to be better people, to become better at what they're doing and to provide solutions. You're going to hear me say that a lot in this podcast because I am so huge on being a part of the solution, not mm. the problem. Mm. It, I, I just think that that's 
you know, where networking is so huge because, you know, the more you authentically now grow your network, not like some of these people who have 5,000 Facebook friends and never speak, they never share, never mm. do anything for you. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. authentic networks, because I used to be one of those. I have to admit, I was on LinkedIn. I was, you know, this and that. And I was trying to join all of these just to say I'm a part of it. But it wasn't until I actually started interacting and fostering very good relationships and partnerships with these people inside of, you know, these organizations and these clubs. I started seeing my business like the trajectory of it just taking a totally different face. And then actually people started looking at me like, wow, she does have a little little bit of credibility. Let's you know, let's let's see what we can do to help her even more. That's smart. That's good. You know, I, uh, I'm a huge fan of networking. Um, I think that I think uh, marketing and branding is so key, right? It's so important. And I look at networking as like the greatest form of it because there's not, you know, like with networking, when you have a one-on-one, a coffee with somebody, Angela, like you can't fake the funk, right? You can't throw in a, a really fast sentence at the end of a radio uh, a commercial really quick, you know, like we're on TV when they try to sell some drugs and then real quick, it's going to have these symptoms. And you like, wait a minute, that's worse than what I think the drug is supposed to fix. But with networking, you can't jam in something yep. quick because it's real and people will call you out on it. So it, 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 it kind of forces you to go, go to market being the best version of yourself. And, and I love it. I love it for that. And I love it for everything you said. Um, and you talk about networking being a part of helping to build solutions. Um, talk a little bit more because you, you seem really passionate about that. Is, is networking the best way to formulate solutions? Is, is this idea of getting the, this group, this think tank together versus I can just all by myself, self-made it kind of mantra? Is that really where you're coming from? In my opinion and on my journey, my path to success, that has been the number one key for me. I don't know how many times I've had people that I've networked with or just different networking events that I've been to that will ask, I mean, just the most ridiculous or outlandish question. And it made me think, like, why am I doing? Why do I have, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Excuse me. So I think for me and my journey, what I've come to know is that, yes, networking is so crucial to all of those things. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, problems, you know, I love when sometimes people will tell me, man, there's just not a solution to this problem. And I just say, well, then we got to call it something else. And they go, what are you talking about? And I go, well, a problem by definition is just something that's got an answer somewhere. Right. Like, I mean, if it ain't got an answer, then you got to come up with a different term because the word problem ain't going to fit. Right. But if we got a problem, we just got to find a solution. And -hmm. you're over here saying that when we know our niche, when we when we're engaging in networking, we're working towards solutions. How does that translate into net worth, which is a big buzzword? People Googling other people's networks all day long. Um, Tell me what you mean when you say net worth. When I say net worth, it is the sum of niche plus networking. And this gives you automatically what your net worth is. So I think that people who have a large network, net worth, they have honed in and zoned in on their niche. They've 
you know, just cultivated this incredible networking from like-minded people. And then it has given them, given them their net worth. Mm. Yeah, that's smart. That's good. I like it. That fits perfectly. So we really need to focus on those th- three things, right? Our niche, our networking, and our net worth. And it kind of gives us this, this wholesome kind of all-in approach. Tell us, um, tell us a little bit uh, about what inspired you to write. Because I know that I hear everybody tells me, oh my gosh, I got, I got an idea for a book. Or they say, oh man, I got so much. I could, I could write 10 books. Uh, but then they don't publish nothing. You know what I mean? Right. They got nothing, nothing nowhere. A bunch of sticky notes. Well, that's, sticky that's notes no, there's no passion there. There's no, Ooh. there's no drive. There's nothing that makes them want to take that idea or that longing mm. a step further. Okay. I mean, I have ideas too like that. I can pull them out of the air all, all day long, but there's only <laughs> a few that I'm actually, you know, bringing into fruition. Yeah. Writing and as a as a storyteller, I hear that all the time too. Where people will say, "Hey, you know, I I, I got a book. I can write a book. We'll do it." Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. made me actually get off the pot, if you would, or get uh, or get off the porch, was I decided that my um, trials, my struggles, everything that made me me that I went through on a particular uh, journey that it needed to be told and not that it hasn't been told in in different ways because there's a reality to rags to riches story everywhere. But what makes mine unique is because I am actually exhorting people. Listen, this was my life in the NFL or during the, during the, the NFL, but here's what I'm, I'm trying to really, really get you to understand, but live vicariously through yourself, not through me. Don't look at the NFL or professional athletes, um, p- people in position of power and just think that their stories are, are, you know, filled with pages of nothing but fairy tales, because that's not the truth. If you listen to them, our stories are actually or our journeys are actually aligned because everybody talks about how they turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. There's mm. no, you know, easy road to where through osmosis and this magical fairy <laughs> dust where, where people have just, you know, grown into a success overnight. It just doesn't happen that way. And even when you attain or achieve a certain level of of success, it's still more levels of trauma and more levels of stress and more levels of mess that you then have to unpack. And then you have to just turn it into, you know, something that will help your organization and help your your business, help your dreams, help your goals to just stay afloat. It's tough. I had one interviewer ask me, when did um, you fall in love with entrepreneurship? I said, I'm not in love with entrepreneurship. I'm not in love with entrepreneurship at all. She was like, huh? And I said, no, I mean, I love the process. I love the journey. I love being able to be, you know, solution oriented to help people and be in service. That's what I love about it. But all the other heartache and the headaches and the hardships that come along with it. I mean, come on, let's be real. I'm a human. I feel that too. I'm not this as much as I like to put a big S on my chest and say I'm superwoman. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I have difficulties and I have issues too. And so that's why it was so important for me to get those two messages out from a personal standpoint to, to, to exhort people live vicariously through yourself 
And then business wise, you know, professional professional wise. Hey, these are three ends that I believe this is what has helped propel me to success. And I believe these will help you as well. Yeah, it's good. We're talking with Angela Marshall right here on Solutions from the Huddle. Uh, on the other side of our short break here, Angela, I want to get a little bit more in how how what the art is behind one living vicariously through themselves. I want to ask you questions like how does someone get off the bench and get in the game? Um, you know, I, I want to know how we convert downs into into winning in life. So right on the other on the other side, stay tuned. We're going to ask those questions to Angela. We always just kind of pause right here in the middle of the show, and we just say if you if you like the show, like if you think this concept of getting smart brilliant humans like Angela and and picking their brains so that we can be further along as a result, uh, then we just want you to pause for a minute. Just go to team-csg.com. That's team-csg.com and click on the solutions from the huddle tab. You'll see all the wonderful businesses and brands that stand with us that think the idea of bringing folks like like Angela to your uh, to your ears is, is, is worthy and worth getting behind. In fact, if you click on any one of the brands, you will see instantly why I like standing right next to them. And if you know me, you know I'm not standing next to something unless it's worth standing next to. So go to team-csg.com and click on the solutions from the huddle tab. I will tell you though, the only brand that really matters to me though right now is Angela Marshall and her company, in other words, by Stone. I want to know, Miss Angela, um, how do I live vicariously through myself? What is that all about? You live vicariously through yourself by totally negating societal pressures. Mm. Okay. You have to just put it out of your brain, put it out of your heart. And I know it's hard because think about this. We start or subliminal messages through television, through uh, books, uh, magazines, or whatever else that we indulge in from time to time. It starts to program us at very, very early age, even just interactions with other people and their values and their morals and their ideas. We're always thinking, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should. Maybe this is wrong. Maybe maybe I should raise my child like this. Maybe I should wear this. Maybe I should drive here. And it starts very, very early. But if we just would start definitely just dismantling, (laughs) you know, uh, just demolishing Everything that societal pressure now, not saying the rules and the laws and the policies don't, you know, that's my disclaimer. I'm not telling anybody to break any laws. <laughs> yeah. However, as it relates to me being a certain size or me having to live, you know, in a particular zip code in order to get to, to feel worthy or thinking that somebody else's life is so much better than mine because they're on TV or because of, you know, social media swipe or whatever. Trust me, it is so overrated. And I'm not going to say that it's not true because a lot of people are actually living, excuse me, their best life (laughs) as they put it. But along with that best, there's a lot of worse in there. Mm. And that's what you don't typically get to see. And that's what mine platform live vicariously brings to the forefront there are a lot of days a lot of times when i do shows or i've done different events speaking engagements and people will ask me questions and i i get so tickled because i think they're tickled by my honest answer they like the young lady who's like when did you fall in love with entrepreneur and i'm like i'm not sugarcoating anything yeah i just believe in 
You know, when I tell my truth, other people lies or whatever else does not matter. So I am very, very transparent about everything. And I yeah. believe that that's a whole, you know, that's the whole um, piece about living vicariously through yourself. You got to get honest with yourself. Just because somebody tells, says your hair should be black or you should have hair, or you should go bald, or you should do whatever, you know, you have to do whatever makes you fulfilled, whatever that looks like. Again, not breaking rules and laws and <laughs> policies of, of the land, yeah. but whatever makes you a better you and makes you happy, then those, that's what you should, you know, you should follow behind. And that's how you live vicariously through yourself. Man, I love that. Uh, listen, I don't subscribe to this framework of thought, but but I, I feel compelled to ask the question. You know, society can put stigmas and taboos on on on, on anything, but but I think some of the taboos and stigmas that are just at minimum that are well known would be something like a divorced person, would be something like an the word X in front of whatever your title is, somebody who is uh, I, I see the Bible calls it wisdom. I see silver. Uh, in your hair, right? So somebody that's been that's been around a little bit, right? You're either too young or too old. Divorced, uh, ex something or other. You're a woman of color. You're a woman, right? I mean, like how many boxes here where society says, "Wait a minute, you're not supposed to be this positive. You're not supposed to be. You ain't supposed to rebound six, seven, eleven times." Where do you think all of that comes from for you to say, like, I haven't heard you once really make any of the stuff I just said your identity? right? Where in the world does that come from? Because I know folks that can't get over a mean tweet. I know <laughs> folks that are struggling with, you know, their hair not doing what it was supposed to do in the morning. And I'm listening to you and I'm watching this, this spirit flow through you where it's whatever society said that I'm supposed to be down about just ain't enough to get me down. And I just got to know where that comes from. Because I had to learn that when you define yourself, no one else can confine you. So Ooh. I refuse, I refuse to be confined, period. Mm. I have spent so many years prior to defining myself and really making this, uh, you know, this about me. I've always made it about others. I talk, I talk about one um, particular point in my book where I talk about where, where I expound, should I say, on how based on who I was around, I was sort of like a chameleon. That's what I, you know, that's what I navigated or I grav gravitated to. And it was just like I was all over the place. I was this. I was that. I was here. I was there. And that's exhausting, not to mention yeah. tormenting. <laughs> so I yes. just decided, I said, you know what? You need to sit your behind down. You need to define yourself. And when you define yourself, other people can't confine you. So I don't care how many boxes they mm. check for me. I'm not yeah. checking one, not a one. Wow. <laughs> so Man, it doesn't I love it. Matter. <laughs> I love it. Well, the boxes you are checking is uh, not only just a, a professional writer, but a, a published author, a best-selling author at that. Uh, it looks like the few that I see is reality to rags to riches, right? The, the story and life of an NFL, an ex-NFL wife, uh, women who lead. And then I see uh, lust, lessons, love, and life. So it looks like you writing about everything but a children's book is what I see. Tell, <laughs> tell, tell the audience a little bit of what they might get from some of these books and why they need to pause and do what I did, which was go to in other words by stone.com. Not hard to get to. It's in 
otherwordsbystone.com and and why they ought to click on these books like I did. Tell us a little bit about uh, the first one here, Reality to Rags to Riches. Reality to Rags to Riches is my autobiography. That one was written for the sole purpose, as I mentioned before, to just get the story out. Right. To exhort people to live vicariously through themselves. So I talk about I break it into sections. I don't have chapters in that book. It's all sections. So it's reality. I give, you know, some storyline and and real life, some experiences in that rags. I talk about that and riches. I talk about just the aha moment when my eyes were enlightened to what true Mm. riches are. And let me just, uh, you know, give a spoiler for your guests, which I know they're so intelligent and smart. They know this anyway. But riches are always things that you cannot replace. So if you can replace it, it's not a riches. (laughs) Mm, That's good. So there are a lot of rags to riches books out there. Or, you know, people talk about rags to riches and it's usually how they talk about going from something to nothing. And it's, it's filled and it's littered with materialistic things that they've acquired or titles or status or whatever. Uh, you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you when you purchase that book, because the, the richest piece is going to make you really think about what you already have in your life. And then why you should just be grateful, because, again, it's, those are things that you can't replace. So that's the autobiography. Yeah. The compilation book, which is Lust, Lessons, Love, and Life, it is nonfiction. <laughs> so let me just throw that out there. And I wrote about every topic over a eight year, over an eight year period that were different things that I experienced, different feelings, emotions, you know, different situations that I went through because it just helped me as I as I was, you know, kind of going through those things. It helped me to overcome them. Mm-hmm. So I wrote about them passionately. So there's no telling what you're going to get. You just have to go to it and look at the titles and decide if you really want to turn to that that page because some of it is angry, you know, but that's where I was at that time. That book was actually published in 2016. The autobiography Mm. was published in 2017. And because of those two books and just the freeness and the transparency, that's how I was invited to be a featured author in the bestseller women who lead exceptional women doing exceptional things, you know, across the globe. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. And, and and tell the audience a little bit about, um, I believe you, do you do coaching? I know you do speaking engagement. So if there's a a meeting planner out there listening uh, or an individual who wants to take this conversation to the next level uh, and they want to do more than just get the book, they want to be able to have some touch points with you, be a part of your network, maybe, maybe get some more tips and tricks from you. Um, tell the, tell the audience how they can do just that. Absolutely. So to answer your first question, no, I am not a certified life coach, (laughs) not through the traditional, uh, educational and school way, put it that way, but life. Oh yeah. I got plenty of stories that I can tell you. Even if I'm not an expert on what to do, I can tell you what not to do. (laughs) That's right. Come on. (laughs) But I am definitely a mentor and I mentor I mean, the ages, the ages vary. It's something that I love to do, just being able to give people a different perspective and uplift and en- encourage them. I, you know, when it comes to mentoring, I believe that the success to mentoring someone should always be illuminating them, motivating them and celebrating them. And if you use those three things when you're mentoring or you're talking or you're uplifting people, you can illuminate them. You celebrate them, you motivate them, 
And just those three things will help them, you know, to for that light to turn on, to, to know that they actually matter. And then they may, you know, just start evolving. They may, you know, start taking life uh, a little differently because, again, that pre-programming that we have is vital to the reprogramming that's going to take place later on. So, you know, and again, love my parents, love people that's been in my life for years and, you know, all of that. But some of the stuff and the things that we pick up along the way through friends and, and yeah. peers and whatnot is garbage. It's, tr- it's, it's trash. True. So you have it's to true. be willing to understand that you're you know, going to reprogram yourself. I will be 50 in seven days and I will say the first 50 years. My first 46 years of my life being so impressionable. When I tell you I had so much stuff to unpack, the people that actually do have degrees and, and get the certifications in life coach, they need it <laughs> to deal with a person like me. They need it. I'm more of a free spirit when it comes to mentoring and just, you know, uplifting, uplifting people. Yeah. Now, as far as like, you know, the second part of your question all people can go to my website and there's a contact me form. You can send me an email, you know, whatever I do. I'm, I'm ready to go rearing actually, you know, with all of this COVID, the pandemic and everything out there. Been sitting, sitting idle as far as in-person appearances. But as you can see, as far as like digital, virtual, virtual, um, you know, appearances, we, it, I mean, it's, it's just been business as usual. But I'm actually yeah. raring to go to actually see people there's just something about that connection and i know with covid and the guidelines in place we still have to be very you know very cautious and careful however just to see when you're speaking and you can see a person's eyes light up when you hit a certain yeah. point or you touch a certain point or give them a you know a different perspective ah that right there does it for me <laughs> that's worth all of it uh, well, listen, if you're out there planning your next event, if you need a powerful, dynamic, strong woman who who has been there, who has done it, um, and, and somebody that's not even going to carry that identity, just a strong leader as a person, um, I think my new best friend here, Angela Marshall, is somebody you ought to reach out to. And you can do that in a very easy way. All you got to do is go to inotherwordsbystone.com and get all the information on Angela Marshall. Angela, I ask every guest one last question. Um, we have learned so much uh, from you here in this episode, uh, and, and you may have already somewhat answered this indirectly, but I like to get the smartest, brightest people that I know in the world, which now includes you. And I like to ask them the question: um, Sometimes you, sometimes you win, and, and sometimes you learn. Um, and, you know, and, and so I, I don't mind when folks fall. Um, I fall often, but but if I if we can fall forward, uh, th- then it's not the it's not the worst thing that'll happen where did you make one or two of your greatest mistakes that you're willing to share? Where did you scrape your knee and, and maybe hurt your elbow? Um, but man, I screwed up and, and boy, did I learn, right? And, and, and some people say, man, I'll never do that again. And the best people I know say, I'll just never do it that way again. And a lot of times it's because they fell forward. And so if you would share, and, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but if you would share man, I, I learned because I, I, I put my foot in my mouth or I dropped the ball or I did some. I'd love our, our audience to know that the most ex- successful people, most resilient people are still very human. Absolutely. And I only have one just huge 
uh, scraping moment, falling moment where I fell forward, I fell backwards. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it just is what it is. And that is as a parent. Like I have two amazing children, age 33. Our son is 33, daughter's 31. And there were like so many, when I look back over how I handled them, how, you know, different things that I tried to instill in them that, again, like I said, is just wrong, just wrong information because, I mean, it's just society and the way that I was, you know, I was brought up or, or I was reared. If I could go back and redo a lot of the um, programming, a lot of the, the teaching, the directions, the instructions that I gave to them. I, I mean, that would, that is the most, the single most, um, area in my life. And I'm still going through <laughs> like traumatizing time because again, I'm still learning. So, you know, the parent, the mother that they get, the answer that they get or that they got five years ago, if I say something, you know, see something and I kind of point it out, it's totally different. <laughs> so yeah. I seem like I'm all over the place, but that's not it. It's about growth. And as you get wiser, I'm not going to say older because I know some old fools, but as you get <laughs> wiser, as you get wiser and you actually start applying knowledge and you understand who you are and what you're trying to do, it's just having the, I guess, the opportunity to make sure that they are okay is huge for me. Huge. So that yeah. that within itself has been something that has been very, very um, you know, I'm not gonna really say traumatic for me, but it's just been one of those things where I constantly try to right those wrongs with my children. Yeah, and, and isn't that um man, I, I don't know a parent that wouldn't say, yup. <laughs> me too like yeah like me too, hashtag right. me too. oh man hashtag me too i mean I, I you know i'm a parent i've got two young boys i'm trying to figure it out uh but but it doesn't even when i go talk to like the greatest parents in my mind like oh man these people got it together um i'm like wait a minute uh they are over here telling me all the things that as a parent uh they should have done differently Wow. And it is, I mean, it is like, and that number increases. Like <laughs> I have this thing, Titus, where throughout the year I journal and I journal monthly. So, and, and actually next month I'll start it where I go back over all 11 of my journals and I see where I've progressed or where I've yeah. regressed. And then mm. that gives me a true gauge of what I need to be doing in my life, what I need to be doing better, what I need to be doing less of, what I need to be doing more of. And it never fails. I mean, when I take those notes, <laughs> the journals, mm. it's like all this parenting stuff, how I've handled my children or, you know, especially now that they're older. So they have children. You know, I have five amazing grandchildren and just trying to be better for them, just trying to leave a legacy yeah. of, um, you know, for them to understand how important it is to be a part of the solution and not the problem is yeah. like, I mean, it's, it's huge. It really, it, it, it really is a big deal. And that to me has been, will be my greatest accomplishment and it'll be my greatest failure. <laughs> sure. Uh, it reminds me of the great words of my Angela, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. Uh, do better. 
Yeah. Hey, uh, Angela, I hope you'll come back and do the show again in the future. Thank you so much for being here. Please come back and, and do it again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It has been an honor. And you know what? I might believe you a little bit that I'm your new best friend. <laughs> yes. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.